0: Amen. Father, we praise you once again. We thank you, Father, for who you are. Not so much for what you do, but just for who you are. We worship you, Lord, for just for who you are. So we praise you today. We thank you for what you desire to do today, Lord. We can't do it ourselves, Lord. And we humbly fall on our knees and say, help us, Lord, today. And Lord, we have the assurance that that's your heart's desire. So we praise you and we just thank you for it today in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Hallelujah. hallelujah, amen. You may be seated, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to share this morning out of John 10.10. 10. I started to say it's, a, it's a, one of my favorite verses, but I guess all of them are my favorite verses. <laughs> amen, thank you, Lord. I think it's a day just to get real. You know, either God is or He's not. Either he loves you all the time or he just loves you some of the time. Amen? John 10, 10. The chapter starts off, Jesus is talking about shepherding, about sheep, how sheep only hear one voice. If I had a bunch of sheep, they would know my voice and they would know Steve's voice. He has his own sheep. Amen? And Jesus is saying that there's only one way to get into the sheep it's through the gate or through the door. And Jesus said, I am that door. So what he's saying is there's one way to the father and that's me. There's one way to get to the, and then he says a thief or a hireling. A hireling is a person that watches over the sheep, but they're not his sheep. And if a lion or a tiger or a bear came to get the sheep, the hireling would hightail it because they're not his sheep. But Jesus said, they're my sheep. Amen? And he said, if you come in any other way other than the door, you're a thief. Amen? And then he goes on to say, the thief cometh. Everybody say, the thief cometh. The The same thief that was in the Garden of Eden, the same thing he did in the Garden is the same thing he's doing right now. Everybody understands that, right? He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He never changes. And what he did in the garden is what we are seeing him do today. But Jesus says, the thief cometh for the interest, his interest is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We all understand that. Let's say it another way. Satan bad, God good. Satan bad all the time. God good. All the time. Okay, y'all pretty smart. So but so the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But then Jesus said, I am. I am, if you break it down, is what God did and who he was in Genesis one. He's El Shaddai, Adonai, Elohim. He's creator, he's lover of the people. But Jesus said, I am, come. Wow. That they might have life and that life is that they might have the life of God that God bestowed in Adam and Eve in the garden. How many know Adam and Eve had life? Zoe life. They had no wants, no needs, no desires. They had nada until Satan. The thief, this word thief broken down is called klepto. The thief is a pickpocketer. He doesn't want to stand in front of you and take something from you because that desires a fight. So what he wants to do is come up and put his hand in your pocket so you don't know you've been pickpocketed until you get home at night and you ask your wife, where's my wallet? You understand what I'm doing? He's sneaky. He's sneaky. So he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I am the fullness of God, I am come that you might have life, the life of God, experience God's kind of life in the earth. So the thief comes to steal. And and I'm probably gonna, since I'm preaching next week also, I'll probably have to make this a two point. If God bequest something to you, if God promises something, to you. If God has a gift for you, it's a target of the kleptomaniac, okay? Early in Genesis, created man, he blessed man, and then he told man, I'm gonna give you authority, be fruitful, multiply, subdue, and have dominion. What What does the thief come to steal? Your fruitfulness your dominion, your subduing, your power in the earth. Anything that God has given to you, Satan does not like it, amen? Now, who does he hate the most? Well, he hates Jesus. He he said, if I can get rid of Jesus, then I got him, because I've broken the heart of God. How stupid. The Bible says, had he known, who he's messing with. Amen. We went to uh, Tennessee years ago to the Baker's place, what was that called? James Baker, they had that. What was that called anyway? We went there and they had the passion plate mm-hmm. and they had the devil and they had Jesus and Jesus is buried in the tomb and the devil's out dancing and saying, we got him, we got him and the devil's on the tomb dancing. And then all of a sudden you hear this. Wah, 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 wah. And all of a sudden that rock came off of that tomb and that bright light sh- sh- jumped out of there and Satan was defeated. Amen. Had he only known who, who, he was, who he was messing with. So he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. God is good all the time. Okay, do we understand that? Amen. Uh, I want to inject something but I don't know if I want to do it right now. The one prize of God's that the thief wants is the Jesus inside of us. Satan wants to destroy your faith. Satan wants you to get to the place to where you say faith doesn't work. Satan wants you to get to the place to where you say wow, it's too hard to work. My goodness gracious, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've used my faith and I hadn't seen it work. Well, if you're still staying around, your faith is working. My faith is not based on what God does. My faith is based on God. The Bible says that all things, everybody say all all things. All things work together for good. Now, that doesn't say in all things. Come on now. I don't give thanks in a lot of thanks. But in the midst of them, I can thank God that he's still God in the midst of that. I'm not thanking him for my situation. I'm thanking that God, inside of my, my situation, he's still God. And see, we can't let go of him. I hang on to him. Jenny, hanging on to him, going through that. Didn't want to have to go through an operation. And they're telling her, boy, girl, you are gonna hurt. Her faith kept her through it. Martha, my sister, you know, two week, a two-year waiting list. Two-week waiting list. God makes a way where there seemeth to be no way when we stay in faith and trust his word. God, you said you would go before me as a consuming fire. You said you would make a way where there seemeth to be no way. It looks terrible, Brother Virgil. It looks terrible out there, but God is on my side and God's gonna make a way. He's gonna part the water. I'm gonna walk right through it. You know, it says, yea, though I walk through. Amen. You're here today because you're walking through something. Amen. Everybody in here is walking through something, but you know how you're walking? You're walking by faith and not by sight. Amen. Yeah, it looks terrible. Oh my gosh, it looks terrible. Oh, pastor, it looks terrible. Yeah, it looks terrible. But God. Everybody say, but God. But yeah. Golly. Uh, golly. Jesus is likening himself to a shepherd. A shepherd loves his flock. Amen. The Bible tells us that Jesus even makes a statement. If you have a hundred sheep and one of them runs off, Jesus said, I'm going to leave the ninety and nine in the safety of the flock. I'm going to go get that sheep. I'm going to go get that sheep. And he's got a, he's got a staff And it's got a point on one end, and it's got a hook on the other. And he can go and he can hook that little old lamb, and he can bring it back into the fold. Doesn't that sound like a good shepherd? See, a shepherd is like a parent. I've raised three boys. Hallelujah. (laughs) And one of them uh, was like that dumb sheep, he didn't like being in the flock. And he was out doing his thing. And uh, I'm not talking about you, Jack. <laughs> he wanted to do his own thing. And so we prayed about it and I got very angry. I got very mad. I got very upset. And uh, I said, uh, well, let's just kick him out of the house. Amen. Let's just ask him to leave. I can't, I can't have him in the house living like that. Let's just, let's just kick him out of the house. And of course, Mary Jean. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. She said, you better pray about it. So I said, okay, I'm going to go pray about it. So I prayed about it, and this is what the Lord told me. He said, you have every right to ask him to not dwell in your house since he's not doing right. But I want you to do it in love. Because he said, that's the way I correct is in love. And so it took me a few days to get to that point. But anyway, (laughs) I prayed about it, and I prayed about it. And the the night came when... uh, it was time to, for me and him to sit down and have a come to Jesus meeting. And we did and I was very calm and I just said, it's not working and I'm gonna uh, respectfully ask you to peck up and leave the house. And of course he got upset and he got mad. He said, where am I going? He said, you're gonna go to that place where all your buddies go all the time, whoever that is. But I did it in love. And if you ever hear Jack's testimony, he'll say that was a turning point in his life. Because we do it in love. Amen. Amen? That's the way God does stuff, is in love. Now, along with this story of the shepherd and the sheep that goes off, that runs off. In Israel, back in Jesus' day, there was a procedure that a shepherd would do for the little sheep that kept running off. This, this, was, this was real, this really happened back then. There's always that one little sheep that decided he didn't want to stay with the other flock, so he would just hightail it. So what the shepherd would do is when he found that little sheep, he would break its legs and then he would hold that little sheep next to his breast until his legs healed. And then the poor little sheep, when he was let down, he would never leave the sheepfold again. <laughs> now that that's around today, folks. People believe that. Well, they don't know my God. They don't know my Father. There's no, that's just what people did back. Well, he sheared them too, but... You might look like he sheared me and Virgil, but he didn't do that. <laughs> Are you going to say what I'm saying? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, God does not act like that. Amen. I don't care what those shepherds did back then, but he's not like that. Amen. He'll bend over backward to save you. Now he'll do it in love. He loves rebellious people. He loves those that turn their back on him. And he goes out there you know how he gets them back? He's, he gets them back with love. God does not put something on you to bring you to him. See, he took Jesus and he put it all on him so that I wouldn't have to have it. That's what the Bible says. Folks, that's what we believe. Come on now. That's what, we either believe that or we don't. We either believe that God's going to be mad at me and do something to hurt me or to hurt my children. I've, I've got three kids and nine grandkids. I would never hurt them Amen. to get my point across to them. Am I talking to anybody this morning? God is a good God and he's good all the time. He never changes. He's not a killer. He's not a tyrant. His interest is totally in each and every one of us. For our betterment, I came that you might have life and that life more abundantly. And I'm gonna give you gifts. I'm gonna provide you with everything you need. See, Adam and Eve had everything. He's given that all back to us. We have it. Does he correct? Now, the Bible talks about how we correct our children. I correct my children. I've corrected them. I've spanked them but I ain't broken no bones. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let me see if I can get through this. The thief sent us from the beginning for this purpose. The son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. There is no work of the devil that's going on in your life that Jesus has not already conquered. And anything he's stolen from you, according to Proverbs, if you find him out, he's gotta repay you seven times. If he's stealing your health, seven times more health. If he's stealing your finances, seven times more finances. If he's stolen your peace, seven times more abundant peace. But you gotta find him out. So we can't be blaming God for my situation. That's almost blasphemy. The definition of blasphemy is is attributing to God something that the devil did. See, that's what the Jews did to Jesus. They said, oh, you're Beelzebub. That's That's blasphemy. I'm saying God did something that the devil did. And the devil can't do anything to God. And because of Jesus, the devil can't do anything to you. For the just shall live by faith. Faith. I wake up every day. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. No weapon formed against me can prosper, no evil, no plague come nigh my dwelling place. My God shall provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm the lender and not the borrower. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Why? because of the gift of salvation that we receive because of Jesus Christ. You are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. You have more power in your little finger than the devil has in his whole kingdom. We have more word, more power in our mouth. Come on now. Thank you, Lord. I just wrote down, I I don't know why I did all this, but what the thief wants to steal from you and it's all peas, like pigeon peas. He wants to distract your presence from God. He loves it when people don't go to church. He loves it when people don't read the word. He loves it when people don't pray. He's stealing that. He steals our peace, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding is ours. The world didn't give it to us and the world can't take it away. He steals our prayers the devil does not want you praying and if you're not praying you've let the devil steal from you he loves it when our prayer room is empty at 9 o'clock at 9 o'clock we have a prayer, we pray we teach and there's very few people in there Now, the reason they're not in there is they don't believe in it. They don't believe that prayer works or they don't know how to pray. Prayer is a relationship with God. Everybody understand that? All prayer is? That's all prayer is, is what Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden when it says, and God walked in the cool of the evening with Adam and Eve. What was he doing? They were praying. They were communicating with each other. They were talking to one another. And that's what God wants to do in the prayer room. He wants to talk to people. We are Pentecostal people and we go in there and we pray in tongues. What does that do? Well, we're not talking unto man. It says we're speaking unto God. I prayed in tongues all the way to church today. Just asking God for his wisdom to be done today. That his will be done in this place today. Amen. Hallelujah. So he wants, and and he, let me just say something. He's working on our prayer in this church. He's doing a a good job, but he shouldn't be doing a good job. We should be in prayer. So I'm I'm humbly asking you at nine o'clock, come to prayer. Well, I don't know how. We'll come, we'll learn. Understand it? Amen. He's after your position in Christ. He wants to destroy that platform that you're standing on, which is your faith. Oh, God. He wants to steal all your possibilities. There's a lot of possibility in this room today. And he hates it. He hates that you have possibilities to be more than you could ever think that you could ever be. Now we know he comes to steal your prosperity. He does not want you to prosper or be in health, even as your soul prospers. Does everybody understand that? He wants you sick, poor, rubbly gubbling around, whatever that is, mully grubbing around. He wants you broke. He wants you having to rely on other people. See? But God says, I'm going to be your father, I'm going to be your provider. I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your name's sake. Wow. God wants to steal promises that have been made to us. He loves to steal a promise. He loves for us to give up on our promises. The promises that God have given to us. That we're going to make it. Amen. We're going to be a light in a dark place. And as the world gets darker, we're going to shine brighter, but the devil doesn't like that. The devil doesn't like the provisions that you have. That's why he comes to steal them. Amen. I just jotted down one that I thought the other day. He loves, he, the thief loves to destroy parenting. He loves it when daddy's not in the house. He loves it when mama's having to work two extra jobs raising three kids. He loves it. But see, if that mama's got Jesus in her heart, she's gonna make it. But Satan went after the family. He loves to destroy the family. He loves divorce. He loves divorce. He loves to break it up. Thank you, Lord. I know y'all probably always already know this, but uh, that's just what the thief, that's just what the thief comes to do. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue the earth, and have dominion. See, Satan thought he was God's right hand man. He was a glorified cherubim in heaven. And when Jesus, and when God started talking about mankind, Adam and Eve, and, and when Satan saw how much he loved Adam and Eve, it made him jealous, it made him mad. And he starts declaring, "I will exalt myself. I will stand on the side of the mountain. I will be exalted." And God says, "There's not enough place here for both of us. Be gone." And Satan and a third of the angels, poof, fell to the earth. And ever since he's fallen, he's after your love walk. He hates you loving God. He hates you worshiping God. That's why he comes after you. But see, he can't do anything. He's only a shadow. The shadow of a dog can't bite you. But it it looks scary, doesn't it? But God is good, you know, we got, folks, we gotta settle that. The, the scripture that flipped my life around, Romans 8, 31, if God be for you. My brother right there is raising his finger. Isn't that right, son? If God is for me, who, who can be against me? Well, I know that God is on my side. I know that God took everything, every bad thing in the world, sin, sickness, disease. And he said, Jesus, take their place so they don't have to take it. Jesus, will you do this? Jesus was all man And Jesus was all God. And the Jesus, the human Jesus in the garden. God. If there's another deal. (laughs) But not my will be done. But thy will be done. Jesus took so much stuff of the world. That was intended for us. Okay, that's what the devil was looking for, all of that garbage to be put on us. So God put all of that stuff on Jesus at the cross. Now, let me tell you something. It was so evil looking, tainted, smelly, putrid Jesus with all of the sin, sickness and disease on Jesus's body. And the Bible tells us that God had to turn his back but he turned his back so that all of that would be on Jesus and not on us. And when I understand him, when I realize him, when I read the word and I find out what all Jesus took on his body so that I would not have to, I have to repent sometimes and say, Lord, I'm so sorry. See, because when he redeemed me, he did it all. Amen. He went in that grocery store and I was on the shelf. And he told that clerk, I'm redeeming that can of Jack. Come on now. I'm redeeming that, here's the price. And Jesus took that can and went home. He redeemed me all. He didn't leave some stuff in the can at the store. He redeemed it all. Galatians tells us that the fruit of the Spirit, Satan doesn't like that either. All the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. He hates it when you walk in love, joy, and peace. He hates it when you smile when you're going through something. He hates it when he hears you say, I know it looks bad, but my God will make a way. How many have you ever been to that place? You know, another name for God is Jehovah Nicotine, Nicotine. How many know it's always in the nick of time? Like my sister said, God's timing is always perfect. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is good all the time. I'm gonna go into some of these, uh, I'm gonna go into some of these next week Just uh, the fruit of the spirit, he hates your love, your joy, your peace, your longs. He loves to see you suffer until you realize, Lord, it's for a season. How many know that suffering is for a season? But we hang on to God. In our suffering, we hang on to God. When we're laying in the bed, it doesn't look like anything's working, we're hanging on to God. We're still praising God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna praise your name right now. I'm gonna lift up the name that's above every name. Boy, uh, Satan, he has to flee. He has to flee, amen? Thank me, Lord. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, folks, here's, here's, here's the pitfall of why we don't pray because we've prayed and asked God for something and we didn't get it. We had a situation in our church years ago. One of our fine members, Sister Mary Jean's, her best friend, she came down with cancer. And we're in this building and we're praying right down here one night. We're praying and we're praying for Jenny. We're praying in tongues and we're praying and believing in faith. And the Lord spoke to me, I'm standing right here and the Lord spoke this word to me. He said, "I want you to pray yourself in a corner where there's no one else to believe but me." No other, no other way but to believe in me. He said, "Put yourself in a corner." I said, "Yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus." We prayed, the whole church prayed. Jenny died. Jenny went to be with the Lord. What a better answer to prayer that she went to be with Jesus. Amen. Now, in our natural, I didn't like that. We miss her. We wanted her here. And, oh, let me say something. And God did not need her in heaven. Come on now. Oh, God took them to heaven. He needed them up there. <laughs> He needs us down here walking in faith. But Jenny died, it shook our faith. Remember that, Virgil? It shook our faith. Lord, we prayed, we spoke in tongues, we believed you. But through it all, we never lost sight that God is God. And I didn't understand it and we sought God. Lord, why did it not happen? You know, the, the disciples asked, Lord, why didn't it work for us? Why, why didn't it? they? They had a question. Why didn't it work? Now, he said right then, prayer and fasting. We had prayed and fasted. But we didn't, we didn't see it turn out the way we thought it was going to turn out. But that's been probably 14 years ago. And guess what? We're still here. Amen. And we're still believing God. Amen. And we're still praying for the sick. Amen. Amen? We used to have two, two friends. Went to Lakewood under John Osteen. Uh, we worked together in the insurance business and they had a little six-year-old girl and she loves Sandy Patty. Does everybody know who Sandy Patty is? Oh man, she can take you to heaven with her singing. And this little girl was singing certain Sandy Patty songs and she, they took her one day. She had uh, swelling on her eye and they found cancer. They found cancer behind her eye and John Osteen went to the hospital and laid hands on her and prayed for her. We went into prayer. He was a good friend of mine, and we went over and we prayed. She died. She died. John Osteen did the, did the funeral. People got saved at that funeral. It's about maybe a month after that, and Mary Jean and I are we just felt sorry. Not sorry, we just reached out to them and just, we called them up and said, hey, would y'all like to go out and eat or something? Let's, Let's get together. And so they came to our house. And we had a meal and we're just, we're just fellowshipping and everything and just trying to love on them. And we walk outside for them to leave and Mary Jean started sneezing. She started, her nose started dripping. And my friend, the father who just lost His six-year-old daughter said, Mary Jean, let's lay hands on you and pray for God is a healer. And this man laid hands on Mary Jean and he prayed healing. Thank Thank you, Lord. Folks, we don't understand it, but I understand that God's on the scene and God's forever working in our behalf, whether we see it or we don't see it but I don't stop believing because I don't see it not working. God's bigger than that. We're bigger than that, folks. We're bigger than that to blame God. He's a good God and he's a good God all the time. And he's a healer today, just like he was when he walked on the earth. He's still putting things back together. Marriages, relationships, I came that you might have life. God breathed life into each and every one of us because he loves us and he loves us unconditional and he loves us regardless of where we are. I'm glad he loved me when I was down in the dumps. I'm glad he goes and gets that one sheep that went off and he brings him back in love. He doesn't put something on you to teach you something. Some of y'all believe that. Someone said one time, oh, well, uh, the Lord gave me cancer and it really made me grow and I started serving him more. Well, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Hmm. Satan gave it to you and Jesus made something out of it. God's for you. Not against you. And the price that Jesus paid so that we could be here this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, ah, never mind. I don't want to get into something. Thank you, Lord. All good and perfect gifts come from the Father of light, and they're the target of Satan. Your children are a target of Satan. Your health is a target of Satan. Your wealth is a target of Satan. He hates it for you to prosper. He hates for you to give to the poor. He hates for you to lay hands on the sick. He hates for you to pray in tongues. (laughs) Because he don't understand it and he knows I'm talking to God and I might be talking to God about him. (laughs) Folks, hallelujah. Jesus said, there's something, there's someone coming after me. And if I don't go, he can't come. But when I go, he's gonna come. Tarry ye. Wait till you be endued with power from on high. In the day of Pentecost, tongues of fire fell on 120 people, and they were all filled with the Spirit of God. And they began to prophesy and speak in tongues. 3,000 people were saved that day. They thought they were drunk. But Joel in the Old Testament said, hey, they're not drunk. They're just full of the Holy Ghost. He hates to see you full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is this making sense to anyone this morning? Especially where we are in the world today. Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, we need to know the truth. We need to put our faith in the truth. Not in misinformation. Not in falsehoods. Not in scare tactics. Amen? We need to stand and say the word says. The word declares this, amen. Stand to your feet. Give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.